So hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. It's episode 187, and our guest is Weather Channel field reporter Charles Peak. He's got a new streaming series just released. My name is Charles Peak, and I track storms for a living. I've been all over the country hunting down everything from hailstones to hurricanes. And while that's my passion, sometimes it's the little things I find along the way that stick with me forever. Hop in and buckle up as we drive across America together. This is Peak Travels. Hey, can't wait to talk about that. We also got our hashtag weather fools and WX resources to, uh, resources to share. And it's all right here on Stormfront Freaks Live! Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Welcome to the most entertaining weather show. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks Live. I want to say a special thanks to our Patreon teammates. Uh, they're scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now. Uh, but thanks for supporting the show. You can join our team as well. You can get access to all uh, these great uh, 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 features, including one of, the, one of the neat things that I love that we just started doing uh, is we now have this uh, exclusive Facebook group where you can interact I mean, we've got the co-hosts, all of our co-hosts tonight. They're all on there. Uh, we've got some of our past guests like Ginger Z, uh, Ryan Hall, Michael Binsky, Dr. Philip Klotzbach, and over 50 other past guests. Uh, you got to check that out. We've got a number of tiers. They each kind of have their own little exclusives, but you can help support our show for as little as $5 a month, and you can find out more details at stormfrontfreaks.com. Hey, if you're new to the show, uh, one of the things we like to do is we like to introduce the co-hosts that are with us tonight. But if, if you've witnessed the show before, you know it's always happy hour. Uh, we like to drink on this show, and it just kind of lets you know uh, we like to have a little fun uh, while we talk weather and, and not take ourselves too seriously. Uh, but let's go around the horn, find out uh, who's at the bar tonight. Uh, Dina Knightley who is uh, our, our uh, uh, meteorologist and, and producer at uh, the Weather Channel Digital. Dina, mm -hmm. tell us what you got tonight. What are you drinking? I have a mango vodka and cranberry, and Ooh, it is yes. so good. It's oh a God. Ciroc. I think, you said, I think that's how you pronounce it, but a Ciroc mango vodka with cranberry. Uh, is that yeah. new? Yum. It's you new for me. just find Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, party at, with the neighbors and they were making it for me and now I have to have it all the time. <laughs> Very nice. Meteorologist uh, Serena Arnold. Serena, I heard you maybe have something special tonight. I do. I, I brought a weather beer like I always do, but today I found one in a kind of an ode to Charles and to our Chase and Clovis. This is called Miles and Miles. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's cute. And it's uh, yeah from a, a local brewery even I didn't I got one close so that was nice. That's perfect, perfect. Okay. All right, uh, Jen Watson, meteorologist at the Weather Channel. Jen, uh, what what are you what are you drinking? Any so, water? What? No coffee. I'm drinking okay. coffee okay. to yes to keep okay. me awake. But that's, I wish I was good, drinking Jen. what Dina has. Dina, it's I think good. That's, I'll make you one. Yes, I want that. Jenny, drinking uh, just black, or is it? Are there any creamer in there, or? Oh, there is a little um, French vanilla okay. creamer in there. It's okay. exciting. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> is it not going too crazy. Not going, oh, not I need really... to. I need to get some Kahlua in there. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, meteorologist Brady Harris. Brady, uh, what what do you got? What are you drinking? Yeah, you know it's summer, so I'm going with a little high noon. Uh, you know, a little seltzer. Uh, you know, I, I try. I tried to create a a cocktail with this over the weekend that just completely failed. So don't ever, don't ever try and create cocktails with high noon because they suck. Apparently, <laughs> what what is it? I don't even know what high noon is. High, high noon is like White Claw, but better. Like it is. So White Claw, they hmm. make like it's like a wheat or something in their beer. This is like straight vodka. So this is this is the good stuff. Does it have a fizz to it? Yeah. Well, you've never had high noon, Dina. What? Fizzy vodka. I, no. I, Dina, I'm same, gonna change your same. life. Go to the store and get high noon. It'll it'll change. If you like if you like White Claw, this this is like way better. Okay. All right, like and I'm it. finishing my uh, Mountain Dew and Ocean Vodka tonight. I call it the Crazy Plane. Uh, ah. Of course, uh, we've got uh, M- <laughs> MJ in the back running the show. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and get to our guest, Jen. I'll uh, leave you the honors. Yes, I'm so excited. So other than being just an incredibly amazing human being, Charles Peake is a professional storm chaser, an independent reporter for the Weather Channel. He travels across the country chasing many different types of weather. You can see Charles on the new series, Peak Travels, available on the Weather Channel streaming app. And Charles, I am so excited you're here. It is such an honor. And I've worked at the Weather Channel, just so everyone knows, um, in some kind of form or fashion since 2014, and I've only met Charles twice, seen him twice, because Mm -hmm. he hardly is at the headquarters because he's traveling all over. So, Charles, first tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got into storm chasing and then eventually working for the Weather Channel. Well, my interest in weather has been pretty much my whole life. Uh, I joined the, the Navy back in 1982 and went in to go to school for meteorology. And, uh, but I got sidetracked a little. I got selected to be in the Presidential Honor Guard in Washington, D.C. And so I did that and sort of went a different path for a while, but always loved the weather. And then uh, from a photography standpoint, finally about uh, 2012, I started going out and photographing storms and, and uh, then really started chasing it more in 13 and 14. And then, uh, in 16, got real serious about it, and then and, uh, and really full-time at that point in time, and was mainly doing it freelance. And then in 2018, I signed a contract with the Weather Channel and been full-time with them since. My gosh, I love it. And you've seen some incredible weather, um, and we've had you like reporting from every end of the country. Um, but I do have to ask, what is that photo behind you on your mantle? Is that a special storm, a special chase? Well, it is. Uh, it's one of one of the pictures that went viral for me. Uh, I called it at the time a clash of the titans um, because initially when I was looking at it, I thought it was two supercells colliding there. It's what it sort of looked like. But it actually, when I went back and really analyzed it on radar, found it was the backside of it. And so one is cyclonic, one is anti-cyclonic. Wow caught the, the the lightning bolt there and there's a little house uh, on the, the the side there and it turns out because it went viral all over social media and everything uh, the pastor of a local church called me and asked if there was a way he could get that the man that lived in that house unfortunately one year prior to that to the day had been in an accident with one of his neighbors on one of those non-signed intersections and unfortunately killed his neighbor and mm. uh, and so they wanted to use this picture as a way that uh, god is still in the midst of the storms 
and it's just a way of encouragement for him. I obviously didn't know that story when I took the picture, didn't know that was his house or anything with that. But it's uh, it's interesting sometimes to see the, the other things, sometimes out of tragedy, that um, there still can be positive aspects that you can see. Wow. And a year to the day. Yeah. That's like That's divine crazy. intervention, right? Yes. Like, That's crazy. Like, wow. So, Charles, um, you've been working for the Weather Channel for a couple of years. Um, I don't see you much because I'm on the digital side, but, I, of course, I know who you are. But what is your favorite type of weather to chase? Is it severe? Well, you know, it's almost all the above. Um, I mean, needless to say, to be out in the open fields with a, a mothership supercell putting down a tornado, I mean, that'll never get old. <laughs> but... Uh, but, you know, I honestly enjoy the mix of everything. Um, you know, I enjoy covering the winter storms. I mean, me and Cantori were up, uh, I guess, a little year and a half. Well, yeah, a year and a half ago almost. Uh, 81 inches of snow in Buffalo. I mean, Ooh. that's just incredible. Um, you know, the hurricanes bring a whole different, the whole tropical aspect to it. Um, and then even the flooding. Uh, you know, one of the things that, I have found that I have the privilege with the Weather Channel to have a platform that if I can help tell the people stories that have been impacted by these disasters, then I have a platform that can help bring help for them. Uh, our, our viewers, uh, our Americans, uh, we respond to people when we see them in need. And uh, if I can help them tell that story, let them know what they're really going through, then uh, then our viewers will respond to different aid organizations, maybe volunteer to go help. And so uh, so I find, uh, you know, in a weird way, a sense of joy. Uh, you know, I hate to what's going on in some of those cases. I'm, I'm telling my wife I've been crying and hugging more than I have in a long time. Uh, but, uh, you know. To me, that's not enough. What else can I do? And so I try to help by telling those stories to bring help back to them. In some cases, I go back to those aid organizations myself and volunteer and, and help. I went back to Rolling Fork and spent a few days. My wife went there for a week this time and uh, and try to come back and, and do what we can to help the people that have yeah. been impacted. And Charles, I mean, when, when you're in, you know, like obviously when you're chasing a tornado, there's all this adrenaline and, and you're, you're, but the aftermath that, you know, I'm sure you have to go to a lot of times. What is that like? Like to tell those people's stories, you almost have to get into their lives and understand exactly what happened. Um, and to do that, I mean, that's got a way, you know, on you and, and you know, whoever is there covering it, right? Sure. Um uh, in Wynn, Arkansas this year, the week after Rolling Fork, unfortunately, when I got on the scene of one situation, there were some family members yelling and screaming and and uh, their family member, I had to get down and actually uh, check her pulse and, and let them know that she oh. had not made it. And, you know, we were able to find something to cover her up and and then we still had search and rescue to, to go as we were trying to, to find a, a owner of a convenience store as well. And, and to say that doesn't impact you, I wouldn't be human if I, if I said that. Uh, it does. Um, but, you know, for me to be able to, and this is just my personal perspective, it's not the weather channels, uh, to me to be able to sit there with the family members in that midst and, and be able to hug them and pray with them, uh, to give them some comfort uh, just a little bit in that, that time, um, you know, I feel like there's something inside me that, uh, 
that helps me deal with it to know I've helped them just a little. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I, f- I feel like there's a, a story behind the story in this almost. You know, it, was there a turning point or an impactful event that made you say, this is why I want to do storytelling. This is why I need to dive into this. You know, there really wasn't. Um, it was one of those deals. Initially, you know, it was all about the photography part of it, the storm, and, and wasn't interested in it, didn't think about it. But as that evolved and went on, And then I guess there was one event in 2017, my wife had a business meeting up in Branson, Missouri, and I I went with her, but we took our chase vehicle because there was going to be severe weather that night. And we went out and chased the next morning. We were finishing it up about eight o'clock in the morning. And my next door neighbor called and said, your house is on fire. And uh, so my wife is going, what? Because I just said it like that. You know, well, our house is on fire. And so we drove to get back there. And, and long story short, we basically lost everything. Oh, uh, light, lightning, believe it or not, lightning struck the tree just outside of our house. And it went through, it smoldered, and uh, it took like six hours before it burst into flames. And, oh, and there wow. were times, you know, we'd been married, I think, 36 years at that time. And, you know, it's just stuff. We were okay. But, you know, it's our stuff. And there were times that we just hugged each other and cried. And, and it was a very emotional, impactful event for us. But that helped me realize to have more empathy for people uh, in these situations. I mean, it, it's easy when somebody's died. I mean, that how can you not have empathy and sympathy for them? But for somebody, a business owner has just lost their business to a, a flood or to a, a tornado, um, it gives me a different perspective when I'm walking up to talk to them. And, and honestly, sometimes I set the camera down and I don't get that story. Uh, it's yeah. just important to try to, to comfort them, give them hopefully some compassion. And, and, and I've found sometimes it's been interesting after I've walked away, they've come back to me and said, you know, Hey, I'll do that story for you now, you know? And so, mm-hmm. Uh, my style is not to just stick a camera in somebody's face. That's just mm-hmm. not role. That's just kindness. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, I'm going to talk to the people and, and try to help where I can. And then if it uh, allows me to tell the story, of course, in many cases, what I'm trying to explain to them, I'm not looking to sensationalize their story, yeah. but maybe there's a lesson that we can tell, uh, especially one question I ask all the time is, what would you do differently now that you've gone through this? Now, I already know the answer. It's going to be, well, I would have paid attention to the warning. Hmm. Um, but I do feel like if if I can get it from somebody who's just experienced it, that's different than us talking heads, trying to tell them, you know, pay attention to the warning. Somebody so that might make a difference. Somebody that could save a life somewhere if they'll listen to that person and go, yeah, I realize it's probably not going to happen, but let's go ahead and get in our safe spot. Yeah. And, and Charles kind of switch it, switching the uh, bases a little bit. So I, I think we have a lot of chasers that, that are, you know, that follow our show and, and, you know, we saw you out chasing out in uh, New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and I was curious, like, do you have, so, so going from kind of being a storm chaser where you can kind of make your own decisions independent and now you're with the weather channel or you've been with the weather channel um, like when you're out chasing, do you still get like, Hey, you know, I want to go chase this storm. I want to go chase that storm. You still obviously maybe with like winter weather, it's probably a little bit different. Um, 
but do you still get kind of autonomy in that? You know, like yeah. I, this is yeah. my target area and everything. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's all my decisions on where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Yeah. We'll communicate from that perspective. Uh, sometimes it may be, does it make sense to go out to this area? You know, what else do we have going on in programming or something like that? Mm -hmm. But it's never going to be as far as what I'm chasing, where I'm going, what I'm doing in any of them. It's 100% my decision. On, That's cool. On, yeah. from, a, from a safety perspective, uh, you know, I see it. I'm looking at it you know, and, and, and can make those decisions. And it's all on me if, if, if it's not the right decision. And yeah. I will say they're very supportive. So as you know, sometimes you don't go to the right storm, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, that oh, was yeah. a lot of blue sky yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and you I, look and go, look at the radar. Or, or you don't get out in the, you know, or you almost don't get out. Remember that storm we were on where the hail, I, what yeah. was the town we were in? Um, that got crushed by hail. We were at, oh, we were just talking we about the Elida. Yeah. Elida. Yes, Elida. That literally, yeah. Elida, Elida. That literally that got like two inches of hail. And we, you know, Greg wanted to stay there and take photos. <laughs> I actually, yeah, was... I carry crash wrap with me because periodically <laughs> I may lose a windshield. And so I ended up, I was able to help a family. There was a family there that had a little, about 16 month year old child. The hail came through the back window and oh he had God. whelps all over him. And my oh. wife was there with the mother and, oh. and everything. So really felt terrible for that young child, but we were able to put oh. some crash wrap on the back of their window and help them out. And, and uh, then there happened to be also a meteorologist that just graduated from Mississippi state and was out on a chase trip with his wife mm -hmm. and uh, they lost their back windshield as well there. So it, wow. uh, a few casualties of war there. Yeah, absolutely. And Charles, I want to talk about um, your other half, Kathy, because I met her at the National Storm Chaser Summit and you two are just incredible. And I know with, you know, being a storm chaser myself, not nearly hardly as much as you do, but I am sure, you know, you got to have a very tight relationship, partnership. Um, how often does she go storm chasing with you? Does she help you when you do your shoots for the Weather Channel? How does that all work? Well, she gets to go occasionally. It's not often. Uh, I got home last Thursday. Uh, I'd been gone for uh, 4,000 miles in the previous eight days. And um, it looked like Friday morning I was going to get to be home for the weekend. And so I called her and let her know she was at work. We were excited. Okay, we'll get to spend the weekend together. By two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm calling her going, I got to leave. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to wait for you? And uh, And to give you an example how accommodating the Weather Channel is, I said, she's got to be back to work on Monday. I said, I would like to take her with me, you know, so that we can at least spend some time together in the car. <laughs> and uh, they were fine to do whatever you need to do. We appreciate you being out there. And so we went to mainly Illinois and uh, finished up in Indiana and uh, then drove back on Sunday. And and so she takes a week in May, which uh, we, she was with me when she saw y'all. And uh, yeah. she uh, goes on what she calls her chasecation. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, love it. And awesome. uh, so she'll go. And then there's occasionally if there's some kind of weekend or close type situation where it would work out with her work schedule. Uh, she did the first time she was with me and uh, Cantori was out there. She did have to be late getting back to work so she could have breakfast with Jim. So you know, that was her <laughs> first time to meet him. So, so she had to make oh, that Lord. sacrifice. <laughs> That's not a bad excuse, though. Like, why you're late? Well, I had to have breakfast with Jim Cantori. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody would, nobody would worry about that. That's right. Exactly. So, Charles, how many weeks do you think you're out chasing of, of the year? 
it's gonna be hard if you're on the road a lot yeah golly i i've not figured that out i figure <laughs> i'm in a hotel about 175 nights a year um, wow. I'm, gone, wow. I'm gone more than i'm home um but uh, and we'll do approximately 75,000 miles most of it Jeez. driving occasionally in a a pinch, I may have to fly to a tropical situation, you know, in Florida if, or something that's, you know, I don't have time to drive down there. But, uh, and with that, back to you, Jen, the, the, you know, I'm just so blessed to have a wife that, you know, that, that she, you know, all five of our grandkids live within 20 minutes. So that makes a difference. But, uh, you know, that also means uh, mowing the yard and all those other things, even though she's got a full-time job, she's holding down all those other aspects. And, uh, and it's just such a blessing to have somebody like her in my life. And, you know, Aww. we'll have 41 years marriage uh, uh, this August. So nice. Um, you know. I love that. Congratulations. Awesome. Yes. So, you, you guys got to kill it at weddings when they're like, all right, you know, 30 years, 35 years. <laughs> yeah. killing it. We can beat yep. that. Oh, we can beat it. Yeah, love that. So, so, Charles, do you, have a, do you have a hotel brand you like to stay at? I'm sure you're probably, you're probably racking up the points. I, I do. I, I stay a lot at the Hiltons and the Marriott's. Oh, uh, right. You know, a lot's changed through COVID, um, you know, um, and so uh, we don't get as many of the benefits as we did before. Mm. But uh you know, and in, in, in a lot of cases when you're not even, I mean, I don't even know a lot of times at eight o'clock at night, what state I'm going to stay in. <laughs> you know? And so sometimes yeah. it's finding whatever you can find and everything, but uh, we, we try to do that. And, and then what we'll do sometimes the weather channel is wonderful and lets me go on some other adventurous type things. And my wife will take off with me. We'll do a lot of times we'll go every year to the uh, international balloon fiesta out in Albuquerque and oh, cover it. That's mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then she'll, she'll actually get a press pass. And so she can go up in the balloon and get us footage up from the balloons and everything while I stay on the ground and, and do all that. Yeah. And then we'll, usually tie that in several years to fall colors up in Colorado. And so then we'll go either before or after and uh, get us footage from the fall colors. And so we'll have fun doing that. And uh, so a lot of times in that situation, you know, I, I can't really convince them. We need a whole week there to do that. <laughs> so so I I'll get a few. <laughs> <you> do. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do it for a few days and then we'll use some of those points and stay for a few extra days and just enjoy it. And, invariably i still get footage we end up using but that's okay so wow. you take more video than photos i would assume now with yeah. the weather channels more video yeah okay. it's uh i'm still photography's sort of my first love but uh i can go weeks at a time and not even have a chance to really take a picture and stuff so if if we're doing you know, live, I mean, even like on tornadoes, sometimes it's hard to jump out of the vehicle to get a picture yeah. because if we're live on the tornado and, you know, unless it's coming straight at you, it keeps moving. And so you got to keep adjusting the camera uh, to keep it, you know, and depending on how far it is, the zoom, you have to do that quite often. And so sometimes, you know, it's a little frustrating to get this beautiful tornado in the middle of a field and it's hard to even get out and uh, get a picture of it. Dina yeah. knows about that. If it weren't for Dina, we wouldn't even have a picture of the one, <laughs> <laughs> of the one we saw. Oh. <laughs> Not familiar at all. 
<laughs> and I'm like, Brady, put your head down. <laughs> Freaking, I'm like, whoa, it's out there. <laughs> so, Charles, I have a question about gear. Like, what is the storm, you know, tracker gear that you can't live without? And tips for other storm trackers too. You've seen it all. You've you've traveled all over. What are the the key things that you always remember? Well, the key thing for me is the vehicle. Uh, you know, I, it's not just that I live in it, it seems like, but I've got, uh, you know, a 2000 watt inverter built into it that, you know, you're powering up uh, batteries and your computer and the cameras and stuff like that. And I've got lights built on it so that, you know, a lot of times at night or say in a winter storm, a lot of times at night, if you're driving, you can't hardly see anything. But if you turn some lights on, you can actually see the snow and stuff. So it helps in, in that aspect. And, and, you know, and then the other thing, uh, you know, for me um, is, is that dash camera because we use it so much, making sure I've got it, all my connections that go into what we call a live view unit, a broadcast unit that uh, has bonded cell phone technology. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's sometimes it's difficult uh, trying to remember all the cables and stuff because occasionally you need to fly somewhere so i've got to take all that out of the vehicle put it in luggage to fly and then you hope that uh, (laughs) you know when you get back that you got all the cables that you need all that kind of stuff so it's it's a little a little chaotic but uh you know the the, and then the key thing that for me too is having um even though it's a passenger big expedition is good tires. I see a lot of storm chasers out there that, you know, have maybe skimped on the tires, let them get a little bald and you can get in some dangerous situations, uh, you know, just on the road, just with the, the heavy rainfall that uh, those tires make a big difference, uh, especially if you have to get off road, which I'm sure y'all found yourself a mm-hmm. little off road out there. And, yeah. Our first know. trip, we, we found uh, you found ourselves hydroplaning a little bit, a couple of times as we tried to core punch. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, and Greg was bad. yelling hydroplaning <laughs> over the radio, and you're just freaking out. White knuckled on the steering wheel? No idea. No, yeah. no, no, no <laughs> we're good. Charles, I have one question to just jump off Jen. So I know when we were out seeing Clovis and way out in the middle of, you know, fields, there was times we didn't get good data like 5G or, you know, um, what's the best thing that you found? for internet connect like i would lose my connection then i couldn't get i couldn't get right like uh maps or weather data out in those areas it's really important and um if you ever come up with a good answer for that, please let me know i'm (laughs) still looking to (laughs) i was hoping you had the secret sauce but i've spent thousands of dollars on different cell phone amplifiers and they help marginally. I have one in the vehicle that helps marginally. Uh, the biggest thing that I do is I carry my five packs for multiple cell phone carriers. So mm. I've got both AT&T, Verizon and oh. Sprint T-Mobile. And in, But you'll still, in some of those rural areas out there, nobody's putting cell phone towers Smart, up. You know? Because yeah. there's times where like I had AT&T, yep. And yep. Brady had some, and like we would have to kind alternating. of bounce off each other. It, it, and I'm it was like, like we were alternating. It's like I had yeah, connection, we Dina wouldn't, and then Dina would have connection, and I wouldn't. And, and I'm yelling at Brady, thing. "Let me on your Wi-Fi." It's the strangest thing. Yeah, yeah okay. I've also found that some of the MiFi packs, uh, as with about anything, the more expensive ones are a little better, and uh, 
so you know i i have to invest in in getting the quality stuff that i need out there you know and pay for those data plans for multiple carriers so that you know i can do everything within my power to have it as much the other thing i try to remember before i go out there a little tip for us is when you're on wi-fi if you've got like google maps you can download that while you have wi-fi so that at least you still have your maps will work because the gps will work even if you don't have data and so uh you know i try to remember to do that if i'm potentially going to be in a case where i'm going to lose data then at least i have a the maps that'll still work to, yeah to that's to that's actually that's a that's a good tip charles um that that i don't think a lot of people realize you you can do that but so obviously, if, if you live anywhere near a tropical storm, which probably most of those areas along the coast probably have pretty good cell coverage. Um, but the problem is, is, is you got to make sure that this storm season doesn't uh, catch you unprepared. So whether your home is wood, uh, it's concrete, maybe it's brick, we trust and recommend windstormproducts.com for all your hurricane hardware needs and for your storm shutter needs so just uh, go to windstorm products it's the world's largest online distributor of hurricane hardware and shutter installation tools they even offer a five dollar flat rate shipping uh, to all states just visit windstormproducts.com now make sure you do it before you forget and the next storm is uh, knocking down your door so windstorm products it's one-stop hurricane hardware shop and the official supplier of the storm front freaks. So hey, we're going to take a, a quick little break for a new storm chaser safety clip and uh, we'll be right back with more from Charles. It's time for this edition of Stormfront Freaks oh. podcast storm chaser safety tip. Join retired fire battalion chief Randy Denzer, EMA director Eddie Aldrin and police officer Eric Fox as we discuss some of the most common storm chaser safety pitfalls to avoid. All right, so we're talking storm chaser safety tips. I'm with Randy Denzer. He's a retired fire battalion chief with over 30 years in fire service and a current storm spotter and public safety director for the Spotter Network. Uh, we also have Eddie Aldrin. He's a former law enforcement officer, current storm chaser, and director of emergency management for Nemaha County in Kansas. And also Eric Fox, current police officer in Davis, Oklahoma, and a field correspondent for Weather Nation TV. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. We want to talk a little bit uh, with essential car tools. So talking a, little, a lot about preparation, really, not a little, um, what are some essential car tools that someone should be thinking about and making sure they have in their vehicle? Eric, I'm going to start with you. The main thing I could think of is a battery backup, right? The one thing is our lifeline is going to be that cell phone. But if you have a car issue or if you get stuck, stuck somewhere uh, and you can't get a phone call out to get some help uh, because your battery's dead because we've been on radar all day, um, it's just uh, something I, I can think of is my number one is having that extra brick of power that might get you five or six charges on your phone uh, to get you that help. If something happens, you get stuck in the mud, you get broke down, uh, whatever, you know, alternators go out, you know, you may not have power to charge that phone. So uh, that's my number one. My number my number two item is definitely going to be a way to get yourself unstuck, uh, i.e. being straps or or ways to get out of that mud. 
All right, Eddie, I'll go to you next. What what might be a, a, a number one essential car tool you would want to make sure was in your vehicle? Uh, one thing I carry in my truck when I chase, uh, it's in any tool store, uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, any of those, uh, will have is sort of a, I call them like a vehicle first aid kit. Uh, has jumper cables, uh, things to change tires with, fix a flat, uh, deals if you know how to use those. Uh, various other tools in those things that uh, can definitely help you repair your car and get you back on the road again. And they actually really aren't too terribly expensive. Uh, you can get a very minor one up to a very expensive one that has just about everything you need in it. So that's the main thing that I would re- recommend everyone get to get. Very good. Randy, what, what have we missed? What's something, uh, what's some important car tools or a car tool you'd want to have? Well, I'll tell you the number one tool I'd have for safety would be a, uh, Andy, uh, traffic vest. I can't say enough that, uh, you can't, you know, you can't be seen at night unless you're wearing one. It doesn't matter if you're wearing white clothing, those, uh, reflective vests that they sell at Walmart for like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, something like that. I, I keep one in the back of my car all the time. If something happens at night and I need to get out, whether it's, a uh, pulling into a disaster or whether my car breaks down, uh, I have that vest so that people can see me. That would be my number one tool. Uh, I would say also a flashlight. We all know that we're, we're usually chasing into the darkness, uh, having at least some sort of a flashlight. The ones on our phones, they, they're not going to cut it. Um, they can not only be used uh, for yourself, it could also uh, be a way to signal uh, people, if you're stuck or injured or roll up onto someone that's uh, in trouble. Very good. Thanks, gentlemen. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Uh, welcome back. So apparently Brady's hungry. Uh, I guess that... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I didn't even have time. You played that. I didn't even have time to get a snack. What are we doing? All right. So, so we're here with Charles Peak. And, and Charles, uh, here's what I want to know. So we've had, uh, you mentioned Jim Cantori. We've had, uh, we've had him on a few times. Here's what I want to know. Next time we have him on, I'm going to ask him about some extra special Charles Peak stories. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, what I guess, what, what's the best Cantori story that no one has ever asked you about? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, give Sword us a tease. Okay, give I'll give tease. you one that's, uh, that's a little different. It always amazes me with Jim when, when I end up getting teamed up with him, usually in a tropical system, sometimes winter, but you know, the, the joke is always out there. You know, we don't want to see you here. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want him here. Uh, but can I get a picture with you? Mm-hmm. And Jim will be literally trying to prep. I remember one time we were in a restaurant and he's trying to plan for the next day. And you just got a line around him, people wanting pictures and stuff. And then I'm standing there 
And finally, I mean, you see this lady over here and she's got her phone up trying to record everything Jim's doing. And he's trying to talk about the next day. And finally he's going, Pete, Pete, can you move over there and stand just enough to block it? You know, but, you know, and so he's trying to do his business. But, you know, the other thing, he will sit there and stay for extended periods of time to sign autographs, to get pictures with them and do that. And, uh, you know, uh, Jim's a crazy dude. Uh, Jen, I know will uh, testify to that. He's crazy. <laughs> but, man, he is a wonderful with a big heart. I will tell you one thing that in uh, Hurricane Ian this last year, I was driving around in uh, Punta Gorda and this lady stopped me. And uh, she said, hey, you know, are you with the Weather Channel? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, uh, my husband literally just got out of the hospital. He's home on hospice five days before this hurricane hit and said it would mean everything. He's heard Jim Cantori's here in town. It would mean the world to him if he got to meet him. And I said, well, ma'am, I, I can't make any promises. He's working in a different location right now. You know, I, I'll see what I can do. And so I sent his producer a text uh, before I left that location. And then we ended up back at the hotel that night and me and his producer and Jim were all in a room visiting and stuff. And I said, Hey, you know, Steve, did you get a chance? Oh, we got busy. I haven't told him. So I told Jim the story and in his first response, Pete, can you get me there? And I said, I think I can, I think I can figure out where the house is. And so he says, first thing in the morning, go over there and see if you can find that house. I got to go there to see him. And so ultimately I was able to find the house and, uh, it, just a sad situation, but it meant the world to this man lying in this bed that just went through a hurricane to be able to meet Jim Cantori. And Jim stood there and talked with him for probably 20 or 30 minutes uh, because that's just the kind of guy he is. That's a sweet story. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. a great story. He is incredible. All right. So I've, I've got a, a question then. So you guys do such great things out there, like your storm chasing, which we all love. But there's this really great humanitarian side to what you do and Jim and everybody else. There's probably a lot of people here saying, you know, I wish I could make an impact like that. I wish I could do something similar. What's a good first step for people? Because we know they should just go rushing into search and rescues without having training. Eric Fox can tell you that, right? Sure. Um, so what can people do who do want to, you know, be more involved while they're out chasing? Well, you know, I think in a lot of cases, a simple thing, while they are chasing, you still, in a lot of cases, can do something. Most chasers don't end up right on that scene right at the, the beginning. But if you do, you know, I mean, if nothing else, you can give that person some comfort while you're waiting for first responders to show. Um, as you said with Eric, you know, I mean, uh, I was in a situation on one of them after Rolling Fork over in Silver City, and you had a gentleman that was completely underneath all kinds of rubble. You could just see his head. He was okay, okay, but I could talk to him, but I knew because all the first responders for that city had responded to Rolling Fork, so it took longer than normal, but I don't want to try to move him or anything because it could be more harmful. So you do what you can. You try to comfort where you can. But I think also I, I would almost love to see any of our storm chasers. I told a, a professor at a meteorology school, I'd love to see it for our meteorology students, that they have to go spend a week at one of these aid organizations going in after a disaster and 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 just working, helping these people because, you know, 
ultimately everything we do, it's about the people. You know, yeah, we love the weather about it, but it's how does this weather impact people? And uh, I think, you know, if, if you've never had a chance to do that, you know, there's several organizations out there that you can do it with. And uh, to, to go in there to a homeowner that's you're cleaning the mud out and you're cleaning all the stuff and, and they're in tears and it, it, you just realize how impactful these events are on the people. And I think that's something that I'd love to see every storm chaser, every meteorologist try to work into their schedule where they could. I couldn't agree more, Charles. I know a lot of chasers have, you know, have water and a lot of people say after, you know, seeing the devastation of a natural disaster, you know, socks, clothes, and even we, Phil, made branded, um, you know, water bottles with like first aid kits in them and everything else. So, carry like, one of those in my vehicle. Yeah, they're, they're incredible. They're wonderful. Um, and kind of in a different kind of side of things, you know, you've been chasing for, you know, several years. Have you seen any trends, whether it's with the chasers, whether it's just the storms in general, people taking shelter? Have you seen anything that you're just alarmed by or you're like, that's interesting from a perspective that maybe nobody else has seen firsthand before? Well, you know, one thing that bothers me, worries me a little is we have a lot of newer chasers and they want to do it the same way maybe the, the very experienced chasers are. And some of our very experienced chasers, you know, this uh, whole concept of zero metering. Yeah, I was about to know, say the exact. I knew that's you where you are going. And then ultimately, I mean, one, personally, I don't think it's safe for anybody. Can, can, Charles, can you explain, because there might be some people that don't understand what zero metering is. What is zero metering? Zero metering is the concept of I want to be literally zero meters from the tornado. And in most cases, the tornado does what we think it's going to do, but not always. And when you're getting that close, I feel like personally that that's not leaving you much room of margin. And, uh, and for the more experienced chasers, they can maybe read some of that and get themselves in a safe spot, respond to it. But if you don't have that experience, you may not catch that. And we've had several in this year, storm chasers that were too close and literally had their vehicles picked up and thrown a couple of them in rolling fork, a couple of them. We've had several of them where they literally had their vehicles picked up and thrown. And uh, fortunately nobody's been killed in that situation, but it, it just concerns me with this need to get that close to the tornado. Now my philosophy on it, they're, they're all adults. I'm not their, their dad or their police. They can do what they want to with me, but it still concerns me because I care about them as people. Some yeah, of that, I think, I think people forget too, the, the most popular people that, that are kind of doing this, that everyone sees in the videos, they have armored cars. You know, a lot, a lot of them, they're, they're in, they're, they're in these, I mean, they're in these tanks on the road and, and then people are like, Oh, we can do the same thing. And they're just in, you know, like a CRV, you know, Toyota or whatever, and they're just driving it. Like that's not, it's just not going to work guys. So, you know, I totally get yeah, it. One of them that got thrown that was too close was in a Prius this year. So it goes back Charles to what you were talking about uh, downloading those maps when mm -hmm. you don't have cell coverage, because I know 
uh, that was a, a instance for at least one of those individuals that they just got disoriented from their GPS. They weren't uh, they weren't kind of figuring out where they were visually. They were looking on their phone trying to figure out where they were, and didn't uh, basically were disoriented because they weren't getting uh, the maps uh, downloaded and set up right. Yeah, it's it's important and and to try to keep it, especially if it's at night. That even makes that much much more difficult. Uh, personally, for me, I, you know, uh, when I was in the military, I had a bomb dog. I went into the buildings. Everybody else is leaving. It's not a fear factor for me, but it's just a safety thing that, you know, I, I can't become the news. I need to be there to report on it. And so trying to give that extra element of margin um, to be able to to see it. But, you know, different people are driven by different things. And, you know, um, like I say, I you know, I may have a personal feeling on that, but everybody makes their own decisions. But th- that is still something that concerns me, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, but, Charles. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, what do you think that is? Why, Charles, what do you think people, because I think zero metering is, 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 is you're right, it's a problem. And I, I've just seen more and more people, you know, as as people have, you know, gotten on YouTube and, and now I feel like, the, the content creation for meteorology is kind of taking off. People are realizing there's a lot of money in it. So people are trying to get the best shot. People are trying to get the most creative shot. Um, is there a way to police it or, and I, obviously probably not, but what do, can we do anything about that? Or my personal opinion is no, people are going to do what they want to do. Um, uh, you can't really legislate anything there because I yeah. mean, it's driving on the roads. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, I did talk to a friend of mine who is well respected in there and and we were talking about it. And I said, you know, I don't feel like social media is the place to try to do it, but maybe one on one to the people that may respect you. You may have an opportunity to, you know, at least try to give a little insight, little thoughts there that, that might influence them some. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, it's you know, it's it's we're just driven many of the chasers are just driven to be as close and as extreme as they can possibly get. I driven think, by adrenaline. Yeah. Well, the, I, I, or driven by social media now. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I was yeah. talking to one of the yeah. social media chasers uh, not long ago and we were talking about it was going to be a day with big hail and, and how I was going to try to avoid, I do my best to avoid that. It, it's just <laughs> money wasted when you lose a windshield, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and his point was, well, not for social media. That's where you get a bunch more coming in. You know, they love that. And so I think there's that aspect of, of yeah. with now more, more, you know, with uh, different avenues of being able to show your chasing, uh, what makes you popular, what makes them give money to you, those types of things are driving them in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Charles. And really quick, um, you know, thinking about chasing and everything else, has there been a situation that you've been in that like you learned from? You're like, wow, I shouldn't be here. I made a mistake. Has there been a sticky situation that you're just, I will never do that again? Yeah, I was uh, in a situation. Uh, we'd been on several tornadoes. It was one of my wife's chase cases. She was with her. We were up by Canadian, Texas, and a road had been shut off there to flooding. And mm-hmm. uh, and then so you know we came back. We did some things, and then and we were moving that way. Well, it had opened back up, and so we get there, and there's a line of traffic, and we look down, and there's a fire truck down at the front, and all of a sudden he pulls 
through and everybody, all the traffic starts going. There's 18 wheelers, everything. And then before we know it, we've got water coming over the hood of the, the, my vehicle. A Cheshire Drawers wow. comes and hits the vehicle. At one point in time, literally the vehicle was floating some and with no deal. And this went on for probably three quarters of a mile and finally trying to push awake and get through. There wasn't any way I could turn around and go back. But I made the mistake of assuming because that fire truck was going through there and going on that that meant that road was clear. And I should have specifically myself checked on it. Um, I did send the footage to the chief of the fire department so that he could maybe do a little additional training with uh, that uh, that officer to realize how people would interpret what he did. But ultimately, that's my responsibility to make sure it's safe. And I didn't do that. Wow. All right, I've got uh, I've got one more question for you, Charles. Um, I want to know a little bit about this uh, Peak Travels series. What what's that all about? And yeah, that? well, what's what's going on there is the idea. Um, Chris Warren and I were one of our on camera meteorologists. We were talking several years ago, and he said, "You got some beautiful photography. You see some wonderful parts of this country. We ought to do a segment with you periodically, you know, where you can talk about where you're at and show some of the beauty of that." And, you know, I see a lot of death and destruction from the weather, but this country has some amazingly beautiful parts to it and some very interesting things. And I just naturally, because my love of photography, I'm out there capturing a lot of that anyway. And so one thing led to another. And then with our streaming app, we had a, a series that we started last year. It'll come back probably during hurricane season called Tracking Charles, where it's more of the storm tracking side of the things there with the hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff. But then we just debuted a couple of weeks ago, this peak travels. And it's more of a beauty situation, interesting parts as I see about the country, because I get on my social media, some are telling me at times, some people going, we would never see this if it wasn't for what you're showing us here, because I don't have the ability to travel. And so that's the concept behind it. There are sort of many five to 10 minute uh, long uh, ones. Uh, the, the one that just came out this past Saturday was on the Muskogee Hot Air Balloon F uh, Festival. And I'm excited about the one that's coming out this Saturday. I had just a little time after a blizzard in Boston to meet up with my friend John Kutchko in uh, New York. And we went to the Finger Lakes regions with frozen waterfalls. And because oh, of his connections, wow. he was able to get us clearance to fly our drones. And so we did some drone footage of these beautiful uh, frozen waterfalls there in the Finger Lakes region of New York. And so this one's going to have some of John in it and myself, but it's on our TV streaming app that gets a little confusing because it's not on phones. It's on the TV and you can go to stream twc.com to find out how you can get that on your TV. It's on smart TVs, Roku and other places like that, but it's actually an app on your TV. Uh, you can watch live weather channel, but it's got an on demand section there that gives uh, the, the peak travel section and then some other different things that uh, it'll show up there. And so you can go to uh, the Weather Channel streaming app on the TV and get the, the peak travels uh, segments there, there. All right, Charles, that's the sound. It's time for our lightning round. Uh, if you're not familiar, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions. We get to play with our guests. We always invite everybody else to play along as well in the chat. Uh, tonight, because we're talking about peak travels, uh, we are going to be playing something called 
Tornado Alley's Best Sandwiches. <laughs> All right, so this, this comes from Food and Wine, and this is the best sandwiches in every state, but we're going to nice. be covering... We're covering Tornado <laughs> Alley, okay? So this is these are the states um, that we're including. South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas... Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. Mm. We got to include New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. Oh, yeah. yeah. You you know, does that, does that yeah. subway in Roswell cover? Is that, is that, <laughs> that had a pretty good sandwich there. You know, that steak and cheese kind of hit. The oh, spot. it wasn't bad actually. It was. Oh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> All right. So, so here's what I'm going to do, Charles. I'm going to explain uh, this great sandwich, and your key is to tell me what state. Uh, that this great sandwich is, is from. Does that make sense? <laughs> and if it's giant, Clovis, it's probably Clovis, Texas. Clovis, Clovis. <laughs> state, state, Clovis. Not, state not, not city, not city. All right, so here we go. And, and I always tell the freaks, they, they, can, uh, they can pitch in and, and maybe help you with some ideas if, if you're struggling as well. But, can, I, can I call a friend? Uh, that's kind of what it is. I, <laughs> none, none of the freaks are probably your friend, but but we'll we'll, we'll let you. Uh, we'll, we'll help let you, you out, anyway. Charles. We'll be your friend tonight. <laughs> All right. So here's the first one. It's brought. Uh, it was brought to the Great Plains by the Volga Germans. They uh, that resettled here. The B rock is a filled yeast roll, typically stuffed with beef, cabbage, onions, and seasonings. Can be found in various forms and names throughout this region. But this state seems most intent on keeping the original traditions alive. You can try it old school at M&M, a restaurant dedicated entirely to this local favorite. What state? Hmm, sort of a German descent, doesn't it sound like? Um, that to me sounds north, though. A hundred percent, I would agree, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, that would be my guess, too. I'm gonna go with Nebraska. Now, here's what I would say. Um, oh, dang it. I'm, I'm going to do that wow. first. But, but I would say Nebraska because that sounds like a Runza. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's what it sounds like. If you've had those at right, a yep. Runza chain, that's basically what it sounds like. But uh, that is Kansas. Oh, wow. That is Kansas. Huh. Right. You'd think right. that would have to be beef, a beef sandwich. I, I was going right. South Dakota, too. I was right. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking it's okay. got to be north. But, uh, well, you, you all would have been wrong. So. I was thinking Kansas until they influenced me to go further north. Oh, yeah. Well, Jennifer, oh, Jennifer in the chat said, you know, Nebraska. Here's, here's the next one. Uh, the torta ahogada. It's a crusty torpedo-shaped sourdough biro uh, stuffed with carnitas, freshly emerged from its orange-red chili day arbol sauce bath I'm, I'm pronouncing all this completely wrong but it's going to haunt your dreams for some time uh go for, go for one <laughs> i don't know what that I feel means. like we ate that did we also eat it's it? crusty uh, what, what kind of go, go for uh, one of the photogenic beauties at the smart oh. rojo pork and bread or hit the drive-through at casual el chavito what state man I, it seems I'm a little hesitant, but I'm going New Mexico. I mean, it yeah. just seems like that's the to. obvious part. You have to. See, no, I was, I <laughs> is it Colorado? I thought for Colorado, sure we passed that. In Colorado, yeah, my guess would be Colorado. Uh, that would be wrong too. It's Texas. 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 Yeah. Right. You right knew with that. all those like, like Hispanic names. <laughs> 
<laughs> we might have. We, I'm from Texas. I've never have. had that there. But it's just okay. not, it must not be known in New Mexico like it is in Texas, I guess. I don't know. All right, next one. Uh, you'd expect good things from a place called the Pheasant Restaurant, where they've been at uh, since about the end of the war. So they've been making the sandwich since World War II. Which war? Yeah, uh, I mean, World okay. War II. Here, the house pheasant salad sandwich is made with chopped apples, cranberries, and roasted pecans topped with melted Swiss on marble rye toast. What state? Well, I don't know about the sandwiches, but I know <laughs> I see a lot of pheasants when I'm in Nebraska, so I'm going to go with Nebraska. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. oh, I'm just doing good with this. You're, right. you're on a roll here, Charles. Consistency is important. And it's toasted. A lot of a lot of pheasants in South Dakota as well. Yeah. And that's oh, really? that's where this... I didn't see one. Interesting. one. All right. Was... Uh, you'll like the, this one, Brady. This is going to make you hungry. Uh, this state's invention is the deep-fried grilled cheese sandwich. Oh. This sandwich wow. is known as a Frenchie. <laughs> uh, you could, you could do all kinds of things with the Frenchie. Of course you oh, can. No, oh no, don't say that. Phil. We'll we'll take the classic dipped, coated, and fried, which you can get at Don and Millie's, a local chain that any regional fast food connoisseur must visit before they die, possibly from eating too many Frenchies. Oh <laughs> what uh, what like state, you're... Charles? That seems like it's a little unique, uh, which tends to go. I'm going to go with Colorado for this one. I hear there's a lot of Frenchies in Colorado, too. Oh. Um, Oklahoma? Would, this, this would be Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. I finally don't go with that. Uh, like, I don't think anybody's gotten one of these yet. None no. of them. No, I don't think I've gotten any of these. All right. <laughs> well, we would have. We're down to three more, and, and there's only so many states left. So. How many states are left? What have we got yeah. left? Three states. All right. This state sticks by its childhood sweetheart, smoked bologna. Served everywhere from nice restaurants to well-worn counter joints. What's sometimes referred to as this state's tenderloin is an all-state passion. At Jamil's, the bologna sandwich is one of the top draws at lunchtime. What state? Golly. Since we only have a couple left, I don't know. I'm going Oklahoma. <laughs> I've never been a bologna guy, so I don't know. This one doesn't make sense. Yeah. What are the states that Man. we have left? Fried, you said fried bologna, right? Uh, uh, smoked. Smoked, smoked bologna. bologna. Ooh, yeah. So we got to add some some of that. I, I think, yeah, I think Dina's maybe on that. Let's go with Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Bingo. And I happen nice. to say I liked fried bologna. <laughs> I've never had it. Now I feel like I'm missing out. My grandpa uh, used to do it. Yeah. And that this time of year, I just had one this week. You fry it on, in a pan. Yeah. A fresh homegrown tomato. I mean, man. It's a nice. hot dog. Yeah. I mean. It is. It like. It's a, yeah, it's oh. a sliced hot dog. Yeah. Which is why I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> fried maybe fried i bet might be better but i i just i don't like eating it's cold hot dogs all right just... here we go uh carmine lonardo's carmine lonardo's specialty meats and deli it's now operated by carmine jr and other members of the lonardo family they do a great sausage sandwich made with provolone and peppers bathed in marinara what state I think we still have Colorado left. <laughs> Sounds like mob. 
I know it does. Like the Leonardo family, more like Brooklyn, New York, but yeah, yeah, New Jersey, you know, would be a good option. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would. It's not but not then, tornado but of alley. The, yeah, but of the tornado, let, yeah, in Colorado, still an option, right? Is that what we have? Colorado, uh, I, New I will Mexico, not, I will not and... confirm nor deny whether. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Colorado is still an option. Yeah. Let's go with Colorado. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Yeah! yeah! Woo! All right, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. Here we go. Why did it take so long for everyone to figure out that Asadero cheese works really well on a Reuben, possibly better than Swiss? Make sure to credit slow roasted Bocadillos, where the Duke City Reuben, apparently one of the most popular offerings, at this favorite sandwich shop. Starts with slow-cooked corned beef topped with house-made sauerkraut and a chipotle-infused dressing. What state? That's the best-sounding sandwich like yet. one left, right? So let's say we get... Yeah, it's it's got to be New Mexico, then. Yeah, 100%. It's New Mexico. I don't know. I don't think it's in Clovis, but uh, uh, they they still might have a Duke City Reuben somewhere in Clovis. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, great uh, great job with that, Charles. Well done. Um, let's do this. And uh, cause, yeah, you finished strong on that. That was a little nice. sketchy at first. Yeah, I know. You, you finished very strong. So uh, so I guess tell tell folks how they can find you. On social media, and, and maybe mention one more time, Peak Travels, where that's at. Yeah, Peak Travels you can find on the Weather Channel streaming app. Go to streamtwc.com, and it'll tell you how you can get that app on your TV. And on social media, it's Charles Peak WX, and that will also be on the new Threads. I signed up today, so I'm on <laughs> Threads uh, as Charles Peak WX, uh, standing for weather there so that's how you can find me on all those social media platforms so we'll have uh so if you're watching the show uh we, we'll do the audio uh, show won't have this but uh, we'll, we'll do a little raw after show party and and we'll we'll have a little threads conversation how's that sound yes. uh get everybody caught up on that but hey before we go to break uh, don't forget you can find us and our merch at helicity.co so Stormfront Freaks is happy to partner again with the leader in weather geek gear. Helicity.co is back as the exclusive provider of Stormfront Freaks merch. So visit Helicity.co, the weather superstore, for the freaks and you. So, all right, we're going to take our final break, and uh, we're going to be right back with our hashtag weather fools and new WX resources. <laughs> Personality Ryan Hall, y'all, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the Welcome, everyone. This is Weather Fools. Welcome back to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Who am I? I'm Brady. 
Who are we? We're the Stormfront Freaks. What segment is this? This is Weather Fools. For those that it's your first time or you're just a little forgetful, I'm a little forgetful, I know, all the time. Um, Weather Fools, what is it? It is a segment where us as the freaks, we're going on the internet, we're going on the dark web, we're, you know, we're, we're going to Clovis and searching for videos in their you know, repository to try and find people that did something not Was so that smart. suppository? Did you, <laughs> no. did you just say <laughs> no. I, I'm not doing any of the not things Brady just said. I said, I don't know what I said, but let's just continue the segment. So we are looking for people that did something not so smart and it deals with the weather. We have very strict order today. Serena, you go first. <laughs> Who are your weather fools? Okay. This is a funny one because anyone else who's not this guy is the fool. He caught a double rainbow lightning and watch at the end of this as he what? pans back across again he catches no a meteorite way. Oh, no way. that's so, awesome so this is that just is this, this means the rest of us are weather fools that's all this is i've never yeah. seen anything <laughs> so cool in my life and we're, we're the fools no look at way. that that is awesome is, is, is that not the coolest crack. thing you've ever seen yes yeah. and they, all right they literally tracked with the meteor too that's crazy it was Serena, amazing. Maybe was it's not meeting? real. Where was that located again, Serena? I don't know. I found it on oh. TikTok, so that means Mars. it could be anywhere. I was on Mars. Knows, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Uh, here's the next one. So these are a bunch of guys that are fishing in Cuba, and they're having a good time. They're just fishing, right? And then it's going to pan back, and off in the distance oh. is a time to move massive water spout and they're just hanging out like packing up their fishing gear like nothing's going on and like the contrast and that's beautiful it's like one of the most beautiful scenes i've ever seen and they're just you know yeah no big deal and, and their camera's on the stupid fishing dudes it's not on the water spout <laughs> yeah, like, like I've, I've seen care. enough of those guys let's put it on the water spout <laughs> yeah at least they're not fishers. driving towards it at least yeah. they're not driving towards it all right so this one we're going to need sound for i don't know if we can um turn that one on or not Oh my god! Uh, but the sound oh, is, is seen, the good we've one. We've seen I'm... this one. This is a good one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when it starts, you hear the buzzing of the you know the uh, uh, when before the National Weather Service has issued a this is a flash flood warning, and you hear it on their phones as they're standing there clutching to these trees in flood waters. Um, <laughs> not not a good move, guys. <laughs> yeah. oh, not a good my move. God. We we talked about this before because there's like two of them, right? There's there's the dude holding on, and then there's the guy filming the dude holding on. Yeah, why are they on their Both phones? Them, like they're about to get swept away. That like, is what are so we bad. doing here, guys? Yeah, oh, it's so inc bad. incredibly dangerous. So there you go. Those are my weather fools. God. Love it. Wow. Well, Serena, those are those are pretty great. Phil, I understand you have several this week. Uh, buckle um, up, guys. Phil's so, got five. Yeah, so I've got <laughs> a few from some of our uh, viewers, listeners. One I call Won't Lose a Finger, But You Could Die. And this is from Billy Bowling and Nicholas Isabella. And it is a photo of fireworks on the beach. There's people on the beach watching the fireworks. And a lightning bolt going right through the fireworks. Wow. That's and awesome. people are hanging on the beach. They're just like, hey, I'm watching some fireworks. And obviously, I don't know if this was a public, like, city, municipality having the fireworks show, which you would think in bad weather they would postpone it, cancel it, you know, something Dang. like that. But no, there's just there's people hanging on the beach watching uh, fireworks and natural fireworks. 
and they're uh, not going indoors. They're enjoying the light show, I guess. That is crazy. All right, next one I called Don't Need the Warning Horn. This comes from uh, Luna Light, who's uh, actually, I believe, watching. Uh, but she shared this with me. And this, uh, some storm chasers watching. They're on a dirt road watching this funnel cloud. And uh, you can't hear it here, but there's a, there's a truck going through all the storm chasers, and they just have their horn on. They're just blaring the horn on their truck um, <laughs> and, and being a jerk, uh, just trying. Try, you can see the white pickup truck coming there oh, on yeah, the right. There it goes. And they're oh. just laying on the horn, oh, like not even God. like beep, beep. It's like beep. <laughs> you know, oh. it's, it's just being you annoying. You always got that one guy. Oh, yeah. drama, yeah. drama. Yeah. All right, next one I call Windows Don't Stop to Breathe. This is from uh, 12 Step Chasing. And this is a uh, tornado oh, in China. Oh, oh. oh God. But they're look filming. Look at this debris. It's, it's about Holy to bust God. through their patio window. But oh they think God. their patio window is just no problem. Fine. I'm yeah. safe. It's oh impact glass fail. What are we, you know, really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, wa watch this. There's like a big steel something. Hey, that's, that's a big one. Yes. Too. Coming. Oh, yeah. Here it comes right there. Like, oh. like oh, get yeah. it. Get it. Go down. You know, they, they don't even care. I hate to care. acknowledge what a cool multi-vortice shot they got because that was very <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, you know, we're, we're weather fools of ourselves sometimes, just what, yeah. we, uh, what we do. Yeah. But, all right, this one is one of mine. I call it, Why Are You Even on the Beach? And this is uh, Grayton Beach, Florida, water spout. And if you just watch, there's, there's just people hanging out on the beach as this water spout's about to make landfall. But look at the waves. Yeah. And it's just cloudy. It's like, why are people even on the beach right now? And now watch this in the background. You see, look at this. A, a mother and her child, they hit the it deck. Goes down. They oh hit my the God. beach. Uh, it it oh makes landfall. It's kicking up, you know, obviously debris and umbrellas wow. and everything. And there's the mother and the child. That at the beach, though, people like, I've noticed that too. Like, there'll be something out over the water and I'm getting up to leave. And they'll just keep walking, look at it. Like, I ain't going to touch me. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised there's oh, yeah. not some woman, like, walking, looking at it and keeps going. Like, do they think yeah. there's a barrier at the beach? I, think so. I don't know, I think but so. it's not going to cross or something? I've seen I, storms coming up, and I'm loading up my stuff and getting the kids out of there, and people, yeah. like, could give a shit. It also isn't sunny out. So, like, what are you? What are we doing here? You're not getting a tan, you know, ladies. What are, <laughs> like, we just leave. What's yeah, the point? Yeah, that's why. Like, why are they even on the beach? I don't know. All right, last one. I just call it. I have a bat. And if you guys know uh, the history, this is uh, actually Reed Timmer's uh, tweet. But you can see all these vehicles lined up under the overpass and not letting anybody else through uh, oh, yeah. during a hailstorm. Yeah. It's the worst. Oh, they're so just—they're not letting anybody. Like, nope. Uh, my car is more important than anything you have or anywhere you have to go. Oh, and it's the way so of the world now, isn't yeah, it? That's why. So I it that couldn't be Reed's car because his windshield was still intact. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, right. Phil, I I love that you named your your weather fool. So guys, I feel like Phil is really raising the bar here. We, you know, from <laughs> now on, we gotta we gotta name our weather fools. So I'm gonna name mine. You know, uh, getting higher with the clouds, right? Because this this. <laughs> This cool. weather fool is this someone is that is cool. cloud surfing. He is literally surfing on a, a developing thunderhead. He goes, he, 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 you know, goes up to the top Whoa. and then surfs down the backside. Oh my God. And I'm just like, you know, this is my dream, but I'm also, I'm terrified just watching it. And I don't understand how, you know, with a plane like that, you're able to do that. But 
That's crazy. amazing. He's in a jet. What a view. Yeah, I'm sorry. What plane that's, is that? That's interesting. I don't know. That's so know. cool. He's in a, it's a not a Learjet page, but yeah, that, um, yeah. it's got to be something else. I, yeah. I wish I could say that we're Weatherful. That's might be the coolest thing I've ever that's seen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a Weatherful. If I was in the Man. cockpit, because I would crash it to the ground. But, you know, whoever's wow. doing that, I'm sure they're very skilled. Oh, All right. Uh, yeah. Next one. Is that going to be Maverick 3? Yeah, it yeah, is. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, who are your weather fools this week? These are these are mine. Okay, so this one it's sort of related to the weather, but look at this alligator. So these people, I mean, it's it's nice, it's warm, it's fishing. Oh, no. Look at the alligator; like he is aggressive. Sucker moves. Like, yeah, he does. He's moving. You have oh, to look at the Everybody else is laughing at him. Like, He's like, ah, did you see that thing move? It's going to totally bite his face. I yeah, bet, as right? they walk towards it. What do you do? Yes. <laughs> probably I pissed off. There's a thunderstorm or something. Oh, my yeah, God. You know, like, yeah. like alligators kill me. Like, either have a, something that will eat you but stays in the water or have something that eats you that only stays on land. But this yes. thing does both. Be <laughs> that Gators person looks kind of slow. Yeah. I think it was survival of the fittest, and and that <laughs> alligator sought out the weak. And uh, yes, yeah. Oh my gosh! And this uh, one, I'm sure no everyone saw this, or a lot of people did. Oh, but this, this shark was so close to the shore, and that's what I don't understand. You know, like why? That's a water I did. Pool. I did that's get some is. feedback Hashtag on that. I guess. If you see a bunch of like minnows or tiny fish that like come into the shore, look at that guy. He's just standing there. Look, he's just yeah. like, eh, I'll be yeah, fine. he's like, uh, it, I'm not gonna get out move. of the water. What are we doing? Yes, they're, oh. I mean, oh my god, that's a it's dolphin, terrifying. Brady. It's just uh, a dolphin, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that's right. one thing I did learn today. I learned this today. If you see a bunch of minnows and fish like swim up to you at the beach real quick, yeah, those sharks are coming in to eat them. It's just a candy so grain. Get out of the water. I feel like I always see that. Is it okay as long as somebody's slower than you is between you yeah. and the shark? I just have to be faster than the other guy. All right, so this one's player. mine, and you definitely need to clown for this. But he's funny because he's – I don't know if you can hear him or not. But he's talking about the snow in Colorado, and he says something like, we've got a snow skid, and then he talks about how it dumped on everything. And he realized he's talking about like skid marks and yeah. dumps and stuff, and he's laughing his ass oh, off. And God. it was just one of those things. Like, was he thinking of his laundry that day? I don't know. Like, I like how he says, it, "My I, brain melted during the show." He at did. The top. My brain. And it was funny because he just. I kind of like that. You know, he just went yeah. with it and laughed and didn't you try to it. just cover it up. Yeah, exactly. There, there's, there's definitely little personal connection there. He doesn't. You don't just come up. You don't just. That isn't just in the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna have to do his laundry day yeah for sure True. well cool guys uh any more weather fools from the freaks all right Thank good you. all right well uh if you want to see these and more go to stormfrontfreaks.com look for show 187 for these links and more that's what i want Oh, I love WX resources, and I feel like we haven't done this one in a while, and I kind of like this because, you know, I have to look at weather resources every single day of my life, and <laughs> it's pretty much one of those things where, like, um, you know, we tell everybody some, like, cool website or some cool app or something that, where you can get good weather data or just any good weather information, and Phil, I think you have one, right? I do. So uh, if you guys know Aaron J. Jack, he's been on our show before, Storm Chaser. Um, he's been doing some amazing 360 stuff, 
And uh, this is on YouTube, but he did a 360 video recently of the Didsbury, Alberta EF4 tornado. Oh. And you can actually, uh, I don't know, MJ, if you can kind of move the video screen. Does it, does the video screen, does it allow you to use the cursor on the video screen itself and uh, move that around? Uh, it it's does trying. not. And, yeah, well, there, and, oh, there, we there we go. And Phil, so, you can actually, if you have a VR headset, you can actually put the VR headset right. on. And I, yeah. I watched, so, I watched one of his. It was crazy. Yeah. So it is. And so as Brady talked about, if you have any kind of a VR headset, you can even get really cheap ones that are made out of cardboard that you can put your phone in, and then put to your eyes like binoculars, and and you can see it in basically 3D. But as you move around. The video itself moves around 360, and it, and it seems like you're right in it. But I mentioned that this looks so cool when I was just watching on my phone because you can move your phone left, right, up, down, and it basically you know, it sees the whole image, and it was an amazing tornado. Very that cool. Is, is, that's yeah. a great one. I yeah. feel like and, any teacher or professor could like spend a whole week you know, examining and teaching the inner workings of that. Yeah. And, and I, I, he was, in, and I'll say this too quick. It was the initiation of the tornado. So you saw it from the funnel to yeah. the whole thing. It was, cool. it was really wow. special. That's yeah. so cool. And, and Jen, Dan Wallace, I think, I think did something similar for did. our trip. He actually. did. You can re you can go rewatch our, you know, when we saw our first tornado, you can see that too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think this next one is yours, right? It is. It is. And I love this. And I'm kind of bringing it up just for, you know, with all the smoke that we've been experiencing, unfortunately, from wildfires that the wind has brought down, you know, from Canada and just other places. I love this. And I think we've maybe mentioned it, you know, a couple of years ago in the past, but it's something to bring up because they always improve it. But what you can do on the right hand side is you can do like rain and thunder. You can uh, overlay temperatures, clouds. Um, you can do model data on top of it as well. So you see what the wind is looking like and then layering that on top. And at the bottom, you can look at all the models and the her. I mean, you can do it all. So this is a great way. Like I'm a visual learner myself. So this is a great way to visualize what's currently going on and what's going on in the future, what's going to happen in the future. I think this is one of my favorite things to look at. Yes, I look at the models. You know, I look at Buffkit too. Um, but this is one of the ones that I absolutely love to just mm. visually see and look at. It's like eye candy Man, for meteorologists. I swear to God, you just totally... We were on the same wavelength because yeah. you were talking about this, and then my weather resource was about smoke. Yeah, we were just talking about it. Wow, and this yeah, is a new cool. one I just discovered recently, and it's uh, from Canada. So we don't even have Greg here, but <laughs> it's it, it's a you know ground level smoke, and at the bottom you can actually like um, loop through it and see it, and it's actually a pretty good. Um, model for this so you get the particulates and everything but it's a new one that I just found recently myself from Canada um, mm. and it's weather.gc.ca and it's got a little bit of a longer part of it after that but you'll be able to find all these on the show 187 show notes on the stormfrontfreaks.com so if you want to look at the wind you've got Jen's if you want to look at the smoke you got mine <laughs> and oh, that, that worked out well <laughs> that's good stuff good job that's guys cool. that's yeah. cool so hey that just about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks live thanks for tuning in uh before we announce the guest of our next episode 
I have a favor to ask all of you. Uh, if you like our show, hit the follow subscribe button and help us by sharing your favorite episode either on social media and or with a friend. Uh, go ahead and share. Uh, go ahead and share us. We're, we like Shout to be shared. Shout from the mountaintops. <laughs> well, this everyone. is obviously your favorite one, everybody. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's right. Exactly. That's right. Come on, people. So let's uh, let's go around the horn and find out, uh, freaks, how people can follow you. Brady, I will start with you. Yes, you can follow me on uh, weather or wait, uh, Twitter. And uh, I, I, I was making TikToks, but I don't do it anymore. Uh, at Brady Harris or at Brady WX. Wow, that it, if you didn't catch that, uh, I guess look on the show notes. Uh, look on the show notes. Jen, Jen, how about you? I too, guess TikTok, Instagram, and Threads now. Um, Jennifer Weather, and then Twitter is at jwatson underscore wx. Sweet, all right, Dina. Uh, for Twitter, I'm Lady Pilot seventy, and on Instagram, I'm Dina OSU. Cool, Serena. Uh, for TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of those She's things. She's everything. Twitter. She's everything. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a, it all, baby. Got it all, baby. It's WX Serena. So W-X-C-Y-R-E-N-A. You can always get the weather story online, anywhere online books are sold. Cool. And I'm usually uh, just, just search Stormfront Freaks on whatever social media platform. Some of them we use. Some we don't, but we probably have an account. Uh, I think we just added... Uh, threads. threads. We added yes. WX Social. I think was one. We're we're just getting ready, I guess, for Twitter to break down and die. Uh, apparently, <laughs> yeah. is what we're doing. But but we're all over yeah. the place. So whatever social media platform you're on, unless it's AOL, uh, yeah. just search Stormfront Freaks. You'll find us there. Um, I want to shout out special thanks to our guest Charles Peak. Charles, great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. I uh, had a lot of fun, so thanks for spending the time. Our next episode, get this, gang, we've got Hurricane Hunter, a National Weather Service meteorologist. Amaryllis Cotto is joining us in the studio. Uh, Stormfront Ooh. Freaks will be live Thursday, July 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. And you can find us on YouTube, and the audio podcast will be available that weekend. So for Jen and Dina... Serena, Charles, and Brady. I think we still have Garrett and Angela in the green room and MJ. I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. So good night, everybody. Peace. Night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can watch our bi-weekly show live on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks and download the audio version on your favorite podcast player. For links to our Patreon team of exclusive benefits, show notes, past shows, new videos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our interactive chaser radar from our friends at zoomradar.com. If you'd like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.